Hey, we appreciate your tuning in for the second part of our podcast. Let's get back to the discussion. You know, as we roll over this whole topic, at some point, I mean, every contractor has to make a decision. When do I replace equipment? All right. And I know it's the easy answer is, well, how many hours do you have on it? I mean, that's been the traditional. How many hours you got on it? How much money you're spending on maintenance? In some ways, probably like how we deal with our automobiles, right? When, when's it time to get another car? Not every contractor has enough money to say, well, I just like this new piece of equipment. I'm just going to buy it just because I want to buy it. Most guys and gals don't think that way. They I mean, shouldn't think that way. <laughs> okay, thank you. That's what I wanted you to confirm. Why not? Because you can't you can't change a whole fleet, nor should you change a whole fleet at any given time. I mean, you got to look at – I always tell customers, tell me what your money-making machine is. You know, what is the core of what you do? If you're a paving company, it's probably the paver, right? The rollers, the pickup trucks, everything else – you can you can kind of push but that paver is where you're making your money if you're a quarry it's probably the wheel loader in the pit that's the machine you want to pay attention to that's the one you want to replace the most often make sure it has all the maintenance done the loaders in the yard they're important but they're not going to kill you if they go down that wheel loader in the pit if it goes down that's going to kill you you know brad why as we mentioned hours typically is the primary metric our it customers look at. we, we talk that, about you know 10 to twelve thousand, and as right. things get better and everything um but second to that is really as caterpillar continues to build durable and reliable products is frame lives you start talking rigid frame off highway trucks in a mine mm. uh, versus a wheel loader versus a track type tractor versus skid steer those are different conversations you know, there are literally Caterpillar wheel loaders out there with 80,000 frame hours. That's Jeez. not 80,000 hours on the engine or right, the entire right. drivetrain, the brakes or axles or anything else. We know that they don't last that long. A skid that, steer right. or a backhoe loader, yep. we don't really go by frame lives. Those are a little bit more dispensable. So, again, it's it's which part of my fleet am I talking about? I guess you could compare, you know, a, a pickup truck to the crusher. And that's again is two different perspectives and conversations to have with your dealer. Well, we, and we're bringing this up because on another podcast, and again, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, you, you, again, need I want to encourage you to get access to the others. But one of the other podcasts we did talk about business planning and capital, mm-hmm. yes. and and how it, the successful contractors are usually got their hands all over their capital. What is the money situation? What do we need to spend? And mixing that in with the business plan, where are we going? Yes. And so I see this replacement as very much a part of that discussion in terms of your business plan and what you're going to spend money on. Most I definitely. mean, it's got to be dynamic. I mean, it's going to have to be flexible. Like Lonnie said, you could you could relife a, a 980 in the pit and go another four years and buy two more yard loaders for the if you needed it. Or your you know your crusher is going to be outdated. I need to spend money on the crusher, so I'll, I'll relife a couple of my machines, get some more years out of it because I have to do the crusher. Same thing with construction. You know, I can I can fix, I can repair, get me by a little bit more because I have to shift my funds elsewhere immediately. Or the technology's changed enough where I'm not being competitive. I have to get rid of this machine so I can get the technology on it so I can remain competitive. I'm going to have to slide some money off of replacing 15 pickup trucks to 
to getting grade control or something, yeah. for example. And again, that's having a handle on your budget and the, and the money you're spending. You know, I find a lot of contractors often have their income statement and the balance sheet, that kind of thing, but very few of them have a cash flow statement. Yes, right. And so I'm always trying to get them not just looking at profit and loss, but also what is your cash flow? What you need to run a weekly tally for most contractors on what's your weekly cash flow output? Because you, you never know when there's going to be a need, whether it's leasing or buying, that's going to come up. It's just like scheduling a project, Brad. How, how often do you update the schedule exactly. on a project? Um, is the same way when you look at your fleet. You know, annually you should know next year these are the 10 equipment numbers that yeah. we really need to take a hard look at and get a, yeah. an RFP, a request for proposal on, you know, because it's time to turn them. Yeah. Let me ask you one, maybe a, maybe a, maybe a, a final question in this sense. And I, the, there's an answer to this, but, and you guys will know what the answer is, but, but how, help me understand and help contractors understand, is having an in-house maintenance department going to impact the decision you make on when you purchase or release a new piece of equipment? Absolutely. We're finding it does more and more. What are you seeing with the contractors you guys are dealing with? Just in generalities, an in-house maintenance department, we find cannot keep up with the advances in the technologies and the software that are required to log into a machine to do any type of diagnostics on a machine that an OEM dealer type technician mm -hmm. would mm -hmm. um so, you know the downfall of that is well you got to have a contract with a dealer technician to come in that's affecting my balance sheet i already have maintenance people that are on site i could be using them so it's clearly a balance but again the machines themselves you know it's not the old carburetors and and timing lights right. that we're used to now right. it's it's laptops it's special cables it's yeah. heavy diagnostics to figure out what the machine is doing and why it's doing it and then there's things from the oems that if the machine's having a problem we can change the software over the air yeah you know nobody yeah. has to visit that machine anymore yeah. nobody has to understand what it's doing that can all be done remotely it can be diagnosed remotely and fixed remotely that's what i was wondering because i know some of the contractors that i work with that have maintenance departments they have two or three maintenance people and usually they're i mean they're changing tires changing oil you know lubing the trucks and the wheels that kind of stuff but as far as in-depth, most of them aren't really – they don't have a diesel mechanic in some cases. Some do, yes. but but they don't all have that. And, and I'm not saying, you know, those jobs are going to go away or, no, right. or they're going to exactly. be replaced. No, I, I think, don't think they are. Like you just mentioned, what they do mm -hmm. on a daily basis or what they're in charge of on a daily basis mm -hmm. will, will more than likely shift. Yeah. It depends how they're structured too, Brad. You know, do it myself, do it with me, do it for me. Yeah. So if you're a, I'm going to do it myself – then what do I need? Right. Well, if I want the asset to last, right. which we all know the owning cost up front, uh, we probably want to invest in being proactive with maintenance. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and maintenance is two things I want to share. Proactive, uptime, reactive, downtime. Bingo. It's an uptime, downtime, teeter-totter. Yep. I know as a former project manager, I was looking for 100% uptime out of my Caterpillar fleet and technology. Cause I'll make do, no money. If I'm doing value add work. <laughs> so um, with, with that being said is again, extending intervals, right. adhering to preventative maintenance right. is as the sticker on my dad's equipment, you say, you know, this machine makes your salary, please take care of it. Yeah. It's a bicycle chain. Yeah. It's a door hinge. It's your own vehicle. It's a, it's the fleet and yeah. that fleet you are depending on to actually turn revenue. Absolutely. And I know one of the better contractors I've ever worked with, I think, um, actually built such respect into the maintenance manager into his in his company that he now expects that 
individual to submit a budget proposal for the following year, Absolutely. every year. Yeah. And I think that's the way to go. They're, they're the Absolutely. closest to the assets, yeah. you know, and it's just like... And they know who's putting the wear and tear yes. on Yes, and it's like the safety program, buy-in from the top, mm-hmm. resources provided mm-hmm. throughout, so it's actually executing the field. Buy-in from the top, hey, it starts with safety and maintenance, taking care of the machines, being proactive. Yeah. Let's face it, it's usually going to lead to a higher residual value at the end when you go to trade it in. You know, and not to add to that, that thought, but just for a quick moment, just dawning as you were talking about that, one of the complaints I'm hearing from contract, they can't find maintenance people. <laughs> can't find people, period, right? Yeah, I guess that's part can't of it, right? Service technicians. Yeah, yeah you service can't find technicians. operators. Yeah. Yeah. You can't yeah. find. I mean, the HVAC market, plumbers, all those skilled they're trades. Oh, I know. They're, yep. they're hurting. Hey, this has been really. This has really been fun. Thanks for the information, guys, on this. Hopefully, you've gotten something out of this podcast as well. Um, hey, purchasing and making that decision when to purchase, replace. The technology that's changing every week, it seems like it's changing. Uh, Caterpillar is certainly at the the cutting edge of all of these things, maybe even bloody edge uh, in some of their deep uh, research that they're doing for the future. But we we appreciate both you guys, Lonnie and and Jason, for your input today. Thanks for listening to this. Again, if if this is the first podcast you've heard, know that you can go to 4constructionpros.com and there's so many other topics that we've talked about. So if you've enjoyed this one, you've got probably more than 20 or 25 others that you can access uh, fairly quickly on that as well. This is Brad Humphrey. Thank you for listening and best of luck to you.